Come one, come all, to witness the most marvelous of sights. A genuine mystery is said to have been lifted from the frozen waters off the coast of Russia and straight from humanity's murky past. An icy enigma that will absolutely make you question the evolutionary origins of our most ancient ancestors. A biological specimen so fantastic that Smithsonian scientists have even co-opted the FBI to try and pry it from its proprietor's private collection. This hyperborean hairy hominid encased in a solid block of ice is one of the world's only preserved evidence of an as-of-yet undiscovered primate species living in isolated parts of the northern hemisphere. This case file, join the theorists as they shell out 35 cents to take a peek at the sideshow attraction of... The Minnesota Iceman. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 170, The Minnesota Iceman. I'm Fat Braden. I'm Regular Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew, if you know what I mean. Hey. I, I think you meant Vampire Zell. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, yeah, Vampire Zell. kind of fucked that Which up. is Regular Zell. Which is Regular Zell. I wasn't wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Back at it after the holidays, we all survived. Yep, wow. Maester Dan, how was your? I mean, you've got the you've got a tough one because you got birthday and Christmas. Yep, yeah. Christmas, um, birthmas. <laughs> uh, Andrew, did you grow at all? Are you still same height? Still uh, five foot seven and three quarters, unfortunately. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to deal with it as best I can. If you know what I mean. Yeah, hey, I, I know all, what you mean. Uh, Lucky Monkey, got any things coming up? Uh, Lucky Monkey has a couple couple Lucky Monkey songs coming up uh, in the new year. I think January 22nd, Lucky Monkey has a song being released called Mirror Man. Zeltron is also working on new music. It wasn't Zeltron he... working on a song called Vampire Zell? Uh, Space Vampires. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was called Space Vampires featuring uh, Vampire, Vampire Zell, Zell. Yeah, by, by Zeltron. Yeah. Is featuring. my hairline looking a little further up my forehead than normal? Your hairline is looking up. My hairline's also looking up a little higher than normal. Andrew's got a hat on, but his hairline is probably poor. It's creeping. It's creeping. And Dan, same thing. Hat on, but his yeah, hairline's the hat, also the hat creeping. Yeah, is to my head at this point. Yeah. If you're not drunk yet, you will be soon. <laughs> uh, so basically, some people had joked around about making... Uh, uh, a drinking game to the shows and uh, oh, I didn't. I don't think they were joking. I think they were very serious. They might have been serious. <laughs> well, they're drunk. They're drunk. Anyone, <laughs> these are Mission all key phrases and uh, things that we had to say, uh, you know, to get people to drink. So, I think they've got to have done. Yeah. You know, they're at least done their first drink. If uh, like, if well, if sure. you want if you want to know the rules, head over to the Facebook the Theorite group. To search for on on Facebook and you'll find it and the the rules are there and oh 100 percent and uh we just nailed all of them <laughs> yeah well and like tonight I'm I've got the fucking football game on just to make them drink the whole time oh perfect that's part of it right <laughs> yeah, that like was part of I'm the just rule. playing my part yep <clears throat> anyways so what? we're talking about a a good old uh mystery cryptid potential cryptid Minnesota, Minnesota 
Iceman. Minnesota Iceman. The Minnesota Iceman. I have a personal affinity for this one that (laughs) I remember. I I specifically remember like when I when I came into my interest of cryptids, like as a as a kid, right? Uh, you know, I, I used to read a lot as a kid. I still read a lot now, but um, I would check out books, like constantly check out books about ghosts, about aliens, about cryptids and whatever. And you would get a couple, I would always get a couple books and you'd get the ones about Sasquatch or Yeti or whatever. And this, this cryptid would always be in there. I remember seeing the photos. If you, if you care to look it up right now, uh, if you, if you feel like it or later, um, you'll see the pretty much the the quintessential picture of the Minnesota Iceman where he has one arm, one arm up above his uh, he's frozen in a block of ice is has one arm raised above his head and another one like down over his midsection. And I always remember seeing sketches and pictures of this creature uh, being exhibited. And like the, you didn't it always wait. it always just is like you didn't see it. You gotta I, be I've old enough to have it. been able to see it. No, <laughs> right? what? Aren't you old enough to be able to see that? You gotta be at least forty-five, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Dan's not right after 45? I got back. Right after I got back from Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes For sense. Second tour. I don't yeah. believe it because he didn't say back in Nam. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. No, it's, it was just Dan's birthday, so you got to give him. He's he's the fucking old gray bush of the group. So yeah, he's mm. the senior of the four. It's <laughs> it's very interesting to me the Iceman because the fact that they refer to it as, as an Iceman when I'm like, you know what? Like you hear it like a hairy hominid and all sorts of things. I'm like, why did they just jump right to like Iceman? Like I'm like, because it's frozen. Like what if that in fact was a juvenile Bigfoot and we've been mislabeling it as well, there was some alternative names that they were tossing around. They just didn't, they didn't (laughs) roll off the tongue. Well, no. the first, like it, some of them weren't the most appropriate. Like I think it was Dan will probably remember, but it's like the the Orient, the Orient mystery and all this type of shit. <laughs> the Sikorsky monster. Or yeah, something. the Sikorsky monster. <laughs> There's a couple of them that probably wouldn't play today. A little bit too uh, racially charged on some of them. Uh, a lot of generalizations in there that you could probably. I think I think the word mongoloid was tossed around a bunch. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Gary's going to be pissed. Gary's going to yeah. be pissed. There's five um, more one-star re- one star reviews right there, just for saying the word. So uh, th- this story really begins back in 19, like late 1960, mid-1960s, maybe 1966, 67. Uh, to kind of get a feeling of who's really involved, there are three kind of main personalities that we'll, we'll probably be mentioning a lot. You have Ivan T. Sanderson. Uh, and Bernard Hoovelman, who are both considered to be pioneers in the area of cryptozoology. Like these guys were the OGs of uh, bringing cryptids and cryptozoology uh, or, or attempting to kind of bring it into the mainstream right. or, or bring scientists around to seeing the, the, um, the actual uh, benefits to kind of investigating these, these mysterious creatures that were found or reported. Uh, Sanderson was a naturalist by trade. Uh, he was a published author and he was also puts forth the, uh, he's a proponent of the vile vortices theory, which we, I think we've talked about a little bit Sounds on other familiar. things. Right. I, the, the, I had a question about this, about cryptozoology. 
Is there like a, because I saw like, I've seen like online, you can get degrees and diplomas for like a couple hundred bucks and do like a course. <laughs> is there an actual course for cryptozoology or is this one of those things where it's like, have we talked about crypt, like cryptozoology enough that we could are we issue ourselves? Are we, can we issue ourselves some cryptozoology degrees? I would picture it's like a big fucking projector and then it's the end of Pokemon, you know, where it's like just the outline of the Pokemon and you got to guess which one it is. Yeah. I feel like, and you get at least like, you know, eight out of 10, right. And you're a fucking right. They just show you a lot of blurry photos and then you kind of yeah, exactly. have to, you have to yeah. make out which one it is. Yeah. I, I would well, say, I would say we're honorary crypto cryptozoologist experts. Yeah. Uh, like they show you a big blob in the water and you're like, ah, Kraken. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it. But my thing is, I'm like, so when you, cause I was reading about them, like, Oh, you know, the pioneers of cryptozoology. And I'm like, are we are we not cryptozoologists at this point? Um, we're more alien th uh, theologists, but theologists. we are theo alien theologists. Even though we theologians. have theologians, theologians, <laughs> we've talked more aliens. But yes, I would say uh, we're honorary honorary members of the cryptozoology. So you heard it here from the University I'm, of I'm gonna, Zeltron. We've been I'm a junior theologian. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna. There's a couple like online universities that offer a degree and diploma in. Uh, in cryptozoology, I'm gonna see if we can get honorary degrees from them. Just based I'll on email them, be like, hey, listen, just based you on. You can the hang podcast. it next to your minister fucking yeah. diploma that you got too. Yeah, Dude, was yeah, it cool. dudism? Yeah. If you didn't know, Braden's a honorary. Uh, he's a a dudist priest, and he can actually yeah. marry you in some places. I can't. This is yes. Technically, all places. All places. If there is someone there, as well, who can sign off. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who can sign the paper. When he when he does it, he also does like a really good Paul Bear impression <laughs> at the same put, time. So I it's, put it's on really a lot good. of weight for it. Shake your chin around a little bit. bit. I'm yeah. not a wrestler. We are gathered <laughs> here today. <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, that was my question on cryptozoology. <laughs> there we go. Minnesota Iceman. Back we come. So December 9th, 1968, uh, you have Ivan Sanderson. Uh, who receives a phone call from a Mr. Terry Cullen uh, who introduces himself as a herpetologist of some sort. He is a owner of a vivarium in Milwaukee and he, uh, he had met Sanderson before uh, they had knew each other in, in previous encounters at a herpetology they, convention. Sure. I probably, <laughs> I, I probably because I think uh, Sanderson was known that he had actually owned a zoo before. Like he'd actually, you know, a, ran a zoo so i mean maybe they had crossed paths professionally i wasn't 100 percent clear how that happened right. but they knew each other and he called sanderson to tell him about this exhibition that was uh that had occurred in august of 1967 and at the wisconsin state fair and he had seen some type of creature there on exhibit and this same creature he had seen uh, more recently had been exhibited at the International Cat Affair in Chicago, and he wanted Sanderson to go take a look. What are we doing? What was that? Oh, making nothing. everybody drink. I was making everyone finish their drinks it's by uh, putting up a thing, a written note that said Drubaka. That was backwards. I couldn't, <laughs> I, don't, I was dyslexic. I couldn't understand what it said. Oh, do I have my camera flip? No, I have camera flip. You got to yeah, you got to write it mirror version. Now you have to drink backwards. But yes, Drubaka. Continue, Dan. 
So uh, Sanderson goes and manages to get a hold of uh, one of the people who knows of the exhibit and knows who owns the exhibit and who's running it for, you know, for lack of a better word, I guess. The uh, the person the that they identify- <laughs> the person who's running this exhibit is uh, a Mr. Hansen. Right. Right. So you have Mr. Hansen. Uh, who is a resident of Minnesota uh, is uh, he's retired Air Force Frank D. Hansen living out of Winona County, Minnesota. And he has this thing on exhibit. It's it's, you know, it's a appears to for all appearances is a frozen corpse. Come on, come on, come on. Come see the amazing frozen man in ice for just $5.99. You can get your popcorns, your gigs, your 25 cents. 25 cents. cents. You can get a peep at the Iceman. The missing link. The missing link between man and ape. If this doesn't interest you, you can also see the world's oldest tractor for five cents. Well, that was (laughs) first. That was first. first. We had both. But start start with a tractor, then he was approached by the mysterious man. He had the world's oldest tractor? Yeah, and man. the and Iceman? Wow. This guy's yeah. a legend. It's a, re- it's a regular P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Iceman the musical. So when Cullen talked to Sanderson, uh, he told Sanderson that the the origins or that he knew of this thing, how uh, Hanson had come into possession of this giant block with a frozen hairy creature inside of it. Uh, it was said that the a Chinese cargo like port had taken it uh off the off the hands of some soviet sailors who who had got it pulled it out of the water freezing cold water and a block of ice and then they had pulled into a port in hong kong (laughs) and then they had offloaded it or had it confiscated from them and then that is where it it, kind of hung out in some kind of contraband uh, lockup in hong kong uh, where hansen managed to acquire it wait so the port authorities found a frozen man of course found a frozen man on a ship and said hey you can't bring that in here we'll let's hold on to it well that's that's what cullen told originally right. told first uh, sanderson when yeah. sanderson managed to meet up with hansen for the first time and then you know conducted an interview with a, a preliminary interview asked him like where he got this uh the story changed a little bit you know i guess maybe cullen had gotten some things wrong since the story was pro- perhaps secondhand he would have <laughs> and they were all racist <laughs> back in the day he's like yeah so, well, same same <laughs> hansen told him that he had gotten it uh from actually the, the hong kong bit stayed the same but instead of soviet a soviet trawler it was actually japanese sailors like japanese sailors had uh or a fishing boat had managed to pull this thing out of the water frozen in a block of ice and then he managed to get it or and somehow legal, and then they sold it legally to the this merchant in Hong Kong, where he managed to get it. So then the story eventually changes a little bit more, where Hansen says that it was an agent for some sort of Californian film industry who had actually spotted this ice block oh. uh, during his trip. Uh, to kind of the, the China, like the East Asia and, and those areas. And and if I'm not, um, maybe I'm incorrect, but he, this is after he's pressed on it further. So he, he's told the story that, hey, no, no, it was the Jap- Soviet. The, this Soviet way. started. And, and then as 
as you know, rightly so, when you have the oldest tractor and an Iceman, mm, you're starting up. to gain popularity. So more people are coming around. That's when the story kind of turns. They like they're like, so wait, the Port Authorities picked it up, and that's when his story changes even further. So Hansen goes ahead and says that he's not actually the owner of it, as was previously thought. It's actually owned by an unnamed anonymous rich partner benefactor who owns the specimen and has kind of just let has let Hanson take it and then exhibit it at all these uh, state and county fairs. Right now, there are some rumors on who this mysterious rich Californian <laughs> is. Who's that? None other than Jimmy Stewart. What? Jimmy Stewart? Fucking right, yes. buddy. That name Jay is Stew. thrown around a bit. Jay Stu. I, I don't I don't know what they have to back that up. I'm not 100 percent sure. I know I've seen I saw that name pop up in my research. I didn't really go deep into that one, but like we're talking about like the Andrew, actor. Did, the actor Jimmy they Stewart. Have to back it up. Uh basically the fact that Jimmy Stewart's got fuck you money. So I just hey, why not? I'm gonna buy this cool fucking thing. I'm gonna buy this corpse from across the sea and yeah, ship it back to the he collected a lot of like odd antiquities and random shit. Right now, so because like Hansen was approached by a man at his tent and, and that and said like, "Hey, call me. I have a proposition for you about a exhibit." That was like, that "I've was seen Jimmy your tractor, was it, sir? I've seen your tractor. It's amazing, <laughs> and I believe yeah. that I have an item that you would be interested in." And he's like. Is it the second oldest tractor? Because that would put this over the top. And he's like, even better, sir. He's like, listen, <laughs> I got fucking drunk. I bought this fucking giant frozen hairy guy. My wife won't let me keep it in the fucking house. You need it. I don't know what else to do with it. <laughs> You're the guy. I've, <laughs> I've sought you out across the nation. You're the guy. You need You're to take guy. this guy. You're the guy. I, I, always, I, I think was gonna you've wait. got what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and what it takes is the oldest tractor. Please if you can come make to the my house. Tractor, interesting to pull in customers. Wait till you see this. <laughs> if you are selling that, sir, for a nickel, I believe you could fetch two dimes, no, a quarter for what I'm about to Up show to you. One quarter. Hey, listen, did you know? Did you know that fucking Jimmy Stewart has an accent like that, or did you just fucking? Pull that out of your ass. I was trying to do a Jimmy Stewart. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, well, because you—that's your go-to. Is that accent? So I was like, I don't well, know. No, if he's just my go-to. My, my go-to is like, I would have been like, well, I do declare that yeah, I have fair. an antiquity that you I'm, might find. I'm impressed. Very, very intriguing. That's somewhere in the middle. That's perfect. I'm impressed. Yeah. So Hoovelman uh, and Sanderson managed to set up kind of like a private exhibition for themselves uh, through Hansen to examine closely this thing without all the people, without all the, you know, pe paying customers and people coming in. They, they got, a, a, you know, some alone time with this to take as many photos and, and make as many sketches and drawings as they could uh, for a while. So Hoovelman is um he wrote an entire book about this about his experience with with the Iceman, and he is to this day or but you know before he died like up until he died he he always supported the idea that this thing had been alive like this this thing that was encased in ice they were convinced he was convinced that this was this was a living thing well at, some at point. one time at one point right. during, during their time. examination didn't like they, they had a light against the glass or whatever and the light like cracked or something and like they smelled like a stench of rotting corpse 
Right. That that's one of the that is one of the reasons that he cited for being convinced that this was something alive at some yeah. time that there had been the smell you, of putrefaction and he knew that smell. They went into it as skeptics like there's oh this is probably like a latex model or you know like some type of some type of model but they and yeah, then what, some type of taxidermic nightmare yeah. like it, it's because when you look at it, it's it's very weird and it's very strange. Like the, the description he they put of it is like it when he saw it, it was undoubtedly a man or a hominid of some type. Tall, well muscled. Uh, he estimated it was probably about six feet tall. And yeah. it seemed to kind of have the same proportions as like as a as a normal human being, you know, a homo sapien, but it was as hairy, like it had hair all over its body, like a gorilla or a chimpanzee. Um, one of the strange things that he remarked, one of the other remarkable features that he uh, that he found interesting was like the hands. The hands were extraordinarily long, long. It like had like a, very, yeah. They had like a like a like a heel, like you know, like on your on a heel heel of our feet, we have like a big like sole, like thick skin, and on the heel of like quadrupeds, like apes and stuff they have like a big heel on the hands and they're like they notice like a long hand with a big heel on like the base of the hand they're like oh this must be some type of, it looks ape-like that's what they thought right and he very they very much thought it was some type of kind of quadruped or at least that's perhaps what its natural environment was uh they found a type of uh like the, the feet had this the, the features of something that walked on rocks like they were they found it to be a type of like a mountaineer or a rock climber yeah. that's what it would have been a perfectly adapted to yeah it, lo- it looked different than like a like a an ape of like the savanna or like of the jungle it looked like the feet were more suited to gripping rocks or like rougher like not not some, not necessarily climbing trees like climbing rocks the fucking teeth were really mm-hmm. weird too right they had those mm-hmm. big thick square teeth Right. He had really big, thick, square teeth, and he didn't have the typical, like, a sharp, sharpened canines that kind of stuck out a little bit of normal primates like chimpanzees and, and gorillas that or you like would a orangutan. see. Or orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another thing that was weird about this uh, this creature, what they, whatever they had found, was that it was like, I can't, like, I can't really... It's it's hard to explain. Like it had certain injuries in its body. Like it had certain injuries <laughs> that they observed. Frozen so you ice. had like one one injury that they described was that in the arm that was kind of stretched above the head and kind of wrapped around the top of the head. There was like they what they observed to what seemed to be the ulna. Is that correct? Like sticking What's out up, of sorry? the uh, the ulna sticking out of the uh, the like it seemed to have a break in the the forearm. In the forearm. The old the ulna is the bone that runs underneath. Right. Radius is on top. So, so that's what they were saying that they perhaps suspected that the ulna was poking through the uh, the skin. There was an injury there, and then he also noticed that the eyes didn't appear to be in the sockets. At least, like, at, at least, least one of them was one. seemed to be out of the socket. At least right. one, because they couldn't see the other one. What do you think? Like from an injury or the fact that maybe a scavenger might have taken the eye out at some point. Tough to well, tell. Ho- probably Hoovelman's theory was that perhaps because there seemed to be evidence or uh they had gotten reports from cullen before who had managed to convince sanson at some point to kind of flip the the, to flip the entire you know ice coffin over and he got a he got a view of the back of it the rear of it and it seemed that the the back of the head 
had been kind of blown out. So like Hulman's theory was that perhaps this this creature had been shot, shot so in the shot eye. on the back of the head, yeah. through the eye. So you had the shock wave of the the bullet entering the skull. You know, takes that eye out, and the other eye pops it out. Does pops. a little. <laughs> Does a little ricochet and yeah, pops one eye out, blows the back of the head out. I mean, like if you're taking, let's say you're, you've you got to take out like a bear or some other creature as large as a fucking Sasquatch or something like that. Like that's the perfect shot. God goes through the fuck, eye. How many times can you shoot a bear without it even really fucking doing anything? You know, large, you, yeah, large caliber bullet, ideally through a soft portion of the skull, like temple or eye. See, yeah, the right? issue though, the issue right away though is with this is this now eliminates any kind of story that this is some sort of prehistoric man or missing link because I don't think Neanderthals were running around with fucking, you know, what, high what if, caliber hounds. Well, what if it was a like some type what of what if it was sling? Goliath? What yeah, what a if, fucking slingshot? Yeah, to a the fucking eye. sling, some type of sling or a, like yeah. Hey, people, there's people can throw rocks. People can throw rocks. it out real hard. Are you trying to sit here and tell me that you could sling a rock so hard? That you hit someone in the eye and it blow out the back of their head? Not me. I can't, but maybe David could. Maybe Not in me. Neanderthal? Like maybe, maybe in Neanderthal. Yeah. Dude, dude, they had really, they were much stronger pound for pound than modern Listen, humans. We've gone, there's only one way to test it. No, they weren't using tools, right? Listen, Neanderthals weren't it, using tools like there's that. There's only one way to test it. We we have a living, breathing thing that's as close as a fucking Neanderthal as you can get. Mm. And his name's Mr. Conspiracy. Let's get that fucking guy to throw a rock. Throw a rock. Let's get some ballistics gel. Yes. Let's, let's put a couple Go sensors have in a there. Whip rocks at it for an hour. Yeah. See what the pounds per square inch are on the throw. And uh, we can deduce from that if you could pop, you could puncture an eye and pop the other eye out with a sling, a sling rock. And no, no. And blow out the back of the skull. Well, maybe the black of the is it for sure blown out? I didn't read that. Any I didn't see that. I couldn't. See it wasn't for by sure. By the looks of it, that's what they said. The it looked like it. an exit okay. wound in the back of the skull. By the looks of it, but they couldn't tell for sure. Well, it's frozen. Yeah, but yeah, when you have one eye there. that's gone, one eye that's like, and there's blood. One eye is gone, and there's a hole, and then the back of the head, there's a bigger hole. That's a I thought there were, so they good, know definit they know definitively that there's a hole in the back of the head. From. When they flipped it over, this is what he's saying he saw, is an exit wound. Maybe. So for sure we saw an exit That's what I'm so asking. Was, like, I don't know. Was it blurry? Because it's in fucking three <laughs> fucking inches or three feet of ice? Like I, They observed like a, there was pooling of blood like behind the head. There was. That's what they... Hoovelman and Sanderson saw only the front of the creature. They only saw the front of the, the specimen. The backside was only observed by Cullen previously. Like, he had, I don't know, he had managed Hanson to kind of get it flipped over, but he had convinced him to to let him flip it over and take a look at it, and that's, that's what he said That's probably where the crack seen. came from. They were trying to flip it, and it fell and fucking smashed it by accident. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a lamp. Like, fuck, freak accident. I don't know what happened. So immediately, kind of uh, within the, the span, a very short time, uh, Hoovelman goes through these kinds of theories of what it possibly could be. And then he kind of thinks his way through it and logics his way through a couple of theories, thinking these that it could not possibly be this and why it's not that. So the first thing was this thing had kind of been marketed or had been presented as a missing link. This thing had been frozen for thousands of years, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And it yep. was perhaps some sort of Neanderthal man. And uh, Hoovelman thinks that, no, it can possibly be that because if it's frozen, the way that it's presented, it's frozen in a solid block of ice. And even if you freeze something in a solid block of ice like that, once decomp decomposition starts, it's not going to stop. Not completely. No. 
right? Not well, not at temperature, like not at temperatures that exist constantly on our planet. Yeah, naturally on Earth. Yeah. Like you or yeah, constantly. If it was so, like if you got like if you got shot in the head and then like thrown into deep space and it was minus 270, yeah, you're probably never gonna change. But on Earth, chances you of it being shatter at some point though. I don't think you, I don't think you would shatter. I think you're just, fr well, I guess you would shatter if like you got hit by a piece of space debris when you're that yeah, frozen. Are you telling me time cop lied to me? <laughs> I know the whole no. time we're talking about this, all I can think about is this fucking guy was in the same prison that fucking Stallone and fucking uh, Phoenix were in Demolition Man. That's the only way I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Makes sense. Uh, another theory was that perhaps this was a body of perhaps a uh, indigenous person who had been retrieved or died off the northern islands of Japan. There's there's a tribe up there known as the Ainu or Ainu that live up there, and they are kind of uh, pe people knew them back then as being quite hairy. But Uvelman says it was always over exaggerated the hairiness of these people, and there's no way it was one of those people. But did they have the toes? Was the toes no. the same? No. Of like that rock Nothing. climbing. It, it would, it's definitely not one of them. Like it's it didn't even resemble close to like a Homo sapien. So it's like that. So right. he thinks perhaps that this thing is another theory that he remembers <laughs> hearing about was the the hybrid man ape theory, the Soviet man ape theory. Stalin's army of where they oh, built them. Oh, people. Shit. Were they ape, where, yeah, they like they, they did like the genetic hybrids of ape men. Right. Where Soviet scientists oh, were running around inseminating women with Either gorilla sperm to make that's what Eight it is. Men to work in salt mines, apparently. Yeah. Well, dude, that makes sense because if that was that was Cold War times, that was like peak Soviet sixties. Mm, yeah, and he reasons somewhere. his way out of that one pretty quick, saying that that's just not possible. That just doesn't work. <laughs> well, we'll keep it. We'll it's keep it on the back burner. Keep it up there, just in case. Yeah. Okay. So it's probable, or is it possible? <laughs> it's possible. Sure. And then he's also his his last kind of theory is that this is not something that is very easily fabricated. This is not something fake that you could just make up easily, right? I I, I believe he asked Sanderson when they when they were doing their preliminary investigation of this this creature when they were examining it. He asked Sanderson kind of point blank, "Could you do this?" Because Sanderson had an experience extensive experience with taxidermy working for the British Museum because he would bring back specimens and he would you know, clean them and mount them for the museum themselves. So he asked him, could you do this? And Sanderson responded, like, I could make a exact replica of this. The things that I would have to do, though, would be very difficult because like you would have to take you'd have to find the skull of a human that looks somewhat perhaps he, he a microcephalic. So like a tiny, like a tiny Small headed head. person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would have to take hands that could perhaps like you could probably take a, a primate's hands, but you would have to stretch them out. He was saying you could, you could do it. Like it's possible. There are tools that do that. You'd have to stretch them out. Then you'd have to stretch the skin over them to make them look the way that they did. And, you know, use the body and torso of perhaps like a, a an adolescent or full grown, uh, an adolescent gorilla or a full-grown chimpanzee, like either or. And then so he explains what he could possibly do all these things for it. But Hoovelman says that even if you did that, you wouldn't be able to reproduce the tone of the skin because the skin is, is a white color or appears mm -hmm. to be. And 
gorillas and full-grown chimpanzees have darker skin they have dark yeah. skin under them unless under it's an albino fur. chimpanzee and which in that case they would it's have to even take dark hair and then just put fucking it bleach them <laughs> bleach the skin yeah i mean you're already fucking but then he would be have blonde hair then he'd have blonde hair they put the hair on after orange hair yeah, so you shave orange. the ape bleach yeah. the skin yeah reattach the hair yeah. Well, if you're going through this much of trouble to try and create some type of hoax, let's say, because that is a lot of people say it, it could have been a hoax. That's a fucking elaborate, sophisticated hoax. Yeah, that's a I mean, lot listen, of work. The, I, something tells me that the world's oldest fucking tractor isn't pulling in that many fucking nickels. All right. Hey, you I had to do something. I would pay 25 cents to see that, that tractor. Let me tell you something. Well, Sanderson estimated that perhaps because he wanted to make an effort or he wanted to make an offer to buy this specimen from Hansen. And I think he estimated that you were perhaps making $50,000 a year off of that. Like do it. Uh, back in the 60s? Back That's in the fucking dope. bank. Good dope. Oh, wow. But Sanderson was positive that he could raise money uh, m- equal to or more than Hansen would make in three years of exhibiting this, this creature. And he said, I can raise this money and I will offer it to you and I will buy it from you. (laughs) Gotta play the long game, man. So Hanson says he has to relay this offer through his benefactor. And of course, the benefactor, Jimmy Stewart, (laughs) perhaps maybe Jimmy Stewart. And he comes back only to come back and say that he won't sell it for any price. He doesn't need the money. Well, it's that that's crazy because. Hanson was approached by this guy and Hanson has never publicly publicly come forward and said who this guy was, right? He's never, never. said- He's who, taken that to his grave. He has never said who that person was. He never said who came up. He's like, listen, son, I have a, a great pop- proposition for you. I think you'd be perfect for it. Here, I and uh, here's my card and call me later. And Hanson- why, why the secrecy? I don't understand. Like, why is a guy like, you can't fucking tell anybody, Dude, man. This, is, this is similar to uh, when we did- the, it's the exact same thing as alien autopsy. Just, no, it's well, a I wasn't going to say alien autopsy. I was going to say uh, the Georgia Guidestones where that one rich guy comes into the town and is like, listen, I want to do this. Uh, gives him the fake name, gives him the money, and is never really heard from again. It's kind of like the same type of thing. This guy's like, I got I got this exhibit. Uh, you can hear it. I think you'll do good at it. And uh, and that's it. He never gives his name. The guy's is That's crazy. The guy's never been disclosed who he, he was doesn't exist he doesn't exist that doesn't He's make fake. sense like if you think about this <clears throat> doesn't exist let's 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 just look at that point there for a second he's saying that this is like perhaps a big time hollywood movie star that's yeah. like he alludes to why the fuck would he give this thing because he wants to show it to the people to the guy with the fucking oldest tractor when if he <laughs> has this money like why not license it to like <laughs> Anywhere Ripley's else it where not. it's gonna see more, get more eyes on it. You know what I mean? Rather than just some sideshow. Yeah, that like the sideshow for the guy who has the oldest tractor. Just to me seems like what he's like. You seem real down to earth, sir. I'm a big time I mean, Hollywood movie. Maybe he star. wanted to start small. I mean, are we even convinced that this guy really, truly does have the world's oldest tractor? He claims it's maybe the first. Maybe it's a fucking grifter. Maybe it's an old tractor. Not not before the Model A or whatever he Holy said. Holy fuck. Are you telling me that this whole time we've been talking about this guy, he perhaps hasn't been in possession of the world's oldest tractor? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so. 
Just gonna say it. This is that's fucking unbelievable. That's a whole nother case mm-hmm. file on its own. Holy mm-hmm. <laughs> case file 171. Who is in possession of the world's <laughs> oldest, of the tractor. oldest tractor? <laughs> so February rolls around. Uh, Sanderson uh, and Hoovelman publish their findings in a couple of uh, a couple of scientific journals. Hoovelman takes his to a couple of uh, you know in European journals. Uh, Sanderson publishes his article in Argosy magazine about you know reporting on this strange creature that could perhaps be the missing link or something it is something they they 100% believed that they what they had saw in that room was an incredible creature and that deserved to be studied by what, what? real scientists Dude, how many when you look how many it? cryptozoo professional card carrying cryptozoologists do we think were back in the mid 60s well, there's four now, so there's guys. So <laughs> okay, so is it is there any possibility that these fucking guys just really, truly just wanted this to be real so fucking bad because they have to justify their fucking existence as cryptozoologists? When you look at the pictures that they like, if you go if you go look at all the pictures, it does it looks real, but it's hard to tell because it's through glass case and through ice. Well, exactly. How could you truly know that that's going to be real unless you actually thaw it out and get an opportunity to fucking look at it? I don't well, understand. that's to Hoovelman's point. Like he never, he never one hundred percent is like in on this thing. He's like, I believe this is something that needs to be studied. His approach to kind of cryptozoology, uh, at, at least in the one of the books that I read, his personal account of this thing, he puts a, his motivations as being that. We need to study these things. These reports and stuff are still, um, they still warrant examination because even if it's something weird, like even if it's the, the report is, is some creature, it's a rare creature. Like you have, you know, reports of sea serpents and then perhaps it's not a sea serpent, but it's still an oar fish. It's still like a 20 foot long oar fish, which you do not see very often. Rare. These, these things still need to be investigated because they're still interesting. That's kind of his approach to it. Make so what? he always wanted to, he, he just was always trying to make the case that we should take these things seriously, no matter how crazy they are, because it, it might be something interesting. It might not be what you want it to be. It might not be the missing link. It might not be Bigfoot. It, hell, it might be some type of weird taxidermy Frankenstein, yeah. but that's still kind of nuts. And that's still a mystery that needs to be solved. Well, that that's the way like you should think about like these type of creatures, like Bigfoot and stuff like maybe they don't exist or whatever, but maybe if we, maybe some of the scenarios or some of the cases deserve a little more scientific inquiry, like at least, at least look at it. And then if like you come to it and there's no evidence or whatever, then like, okay, well that's like, whatever. So that's, it seems to be, that's what, that, that was his direction, which is the good way. Which did end up happening though, right? Yeah. So does he bring scientists in and, yeah, he brings in the best scientists. Uh, Hovelman was well known throughout the, the the zoology world. Like he had connections to a whole bunch of people. He was personal friends with a lot of it, high ranking academics and things like this. One of those people happened to be John, Dr. John R. Napier, who at the time that they were examining the Minnesota Iceman, he was the lead scientist. Uh, at the primate biology program at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. So this guy was an expert on 
primate biology. And it was probably the one person that you really wanted to come in and look at something. If you're like, this is some weird monkey, you're the guy who should be looking at it. Right. Okay. Just before we talk about that guy, let's, uh, I need a quick refill. Let's take a quick beer break. We'll be right back. So they decide to bring in Dr. John Napier, who is the lead scientist and primate specialist at the Smithsonian Institution. Boom. And this is the one person that, for some reason, this kind of triggers uh, some type of uh, a nervous reaction with Hansen. Hansen. I wonder why. Hansen gets wind of this, that the, the Smithsonian is coming to look like they are a they're a federal U.S. federal institution coming to look at his this exhibit, this specimen. Uh, he also gets a kind of feeling that because it's the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian does have the ability to bring in or rope in resources from the FBI that if they perhaps declared this creature this exhibit as a kind of cultural of of supreme cultural importance uh that you would need this to that the fbi could come in and potentially confiscate this thing against the will of the owners they could just go in and take it it's about like murder case or something yeah but you know potentially if it it is perhaps a human or some uh, (laughs) if it is Judged to be human, whatever this. Hanson immediately is. is like, "Come one, come all, see the world's first murder, <laughs> frozen in ice, thirty-five cents." <laughs> so, as John Napier is coming into town to come look at this thing, uh, when he gets there, Hanson reportedly tells him that right before he had arrived or, you know, a few days before Napier had arrived to, to come look at this thing upon their agreed meeting, the, the benefactor had shown up and had told Hanson that he is, you know, it, I'm taking it. I'm taking it back because of all this attention, because of all this stuff that has happened. I'm taking it back. I'm, I'm taking it back. No one's ever going to see it. I'm done with this, but I'm going to leave you with a replica. So he kept showing, what in his word, he kept showing a replica of the real version. Yes. So he kept touring so, around with a f- fake version of the Minnesota Iceman. Was the, was the replica as good or were people like seeing through it? From all accounts, people were like, right away, they were like, because this thing, when it came out, was actually quite amazing by all accounts of people who had seen it. So when it, People were going to see it numerous times when it was in in town because they'd see it and they'd go, holy shit, you got to come see this thing. They got a fucking ice, ice man down here in Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? So friends would come down, they'd go see it multiple times. Um, And then when it switched, by all accounts, people were like, yeah, this isn't the same thing that I saw. Looks fake. It looks fake. Know, so there was never any like photos of the original to compare this one to. Like that's what I don't understand. We've this whole time we've never seen any comparisons or like, hey, look, this one fucking was the real one. Look how different the replica looks. I've only seen the photos of the the ones that Hoovelman took at their initial uh, examination of the specimen. Those are the only pictures that I've I've always seen, and I haven't seen so, any really other ones. I've seen one or two that they said were unreleased or had, you know, had been recently been found, but they all look pretty similar to what, what they were. So some people 
think that the differences that people noticed or are the um, uh, inconsistencies between the two specimens, they kind of explain it away by saying that perhaps the thing had been thawed out, then refrozen uh, or some or the melting of the ice had allowed the the body to kind of shift. Yeah, perhaps like letting the letting the lips pull back more or even perhaps like putrefaction had been going on. So further signs of decay, basically. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that they kind of explain Deco- that it perhaps looked different. More. Yeah, it seemed like I, I, I seen it this time. I seen it another time. It looks like his arm might have been in a different position or his lips are pulled back or his, his eye didn't, well, I mean, didn't look so fucked up. He is up. traveling with this thing, right? Like, I don't know. Like, could maybe at some at some points there was some sort of substandard cooling systems in the place he traveled to or something? Well, think, you ha- like the th- think about it. If you're hauling a six-foot freezer, pretty much is what he would have to do, and, you know, that takes a lot of power, like off battery power. You can't really run freezers for that long of time, especially back then, like especially in the 60s. Like, with, like battery power was not near what it is today. So, yeah, I guess if you're if you're traveling across the country or you're, you're trying to store it over the winter, like all, all it would take would be like one power outage or like one like small portion where it goes like above freezing for a little bit and the, all the skin would start peeling back and it would be a. And like it, and and then you refreeze, and then yeah, it looks a little bit different. Yeah, and in any case, uh, Napier felt you know going or traveling all the way out there to go look at this thing. He had been invited out there to to make his examination and get an opportunity to to look at what had perhaps put his eyes on what is perhaps a missing link. He is he is visibly frustrated. Like he had he had written written memos and correspondence with Hoovelman. And he is, he's frustrated and he's feeling like he's been jerked around. And I can imagine how he's feeling where it's like, I, I am the lead primatologist at one of the, the most uh, prestigious institutions. Zoological there he is. We got him. There he is. Bring him in. Yeah. Bring him in. There he is right There's there. There's the Minnesota Iceman. Oh, oh my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, we have the Minnesota Iceman right here. Live. What's it like to be alive, Minnesota Ice Life Iceman? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves Minnesota Iceman out. That was not Mr. Conspiracy. That was legit Minnesota Iceman. Or Mr. Conspiracy is the Minnesota Iceman. Yeah, it could be also. I feel sorry for anyone who's playing that drinking game because I believe that one's a drink one from your shoe. Ooh. Oh, that sucks. Drink. I should, in the terms of Aussie English, that's called a shoey. Sucks if to I, suck. If I, I mean, I don't know the rules and I didn't look them up Shoot beforehand. Shoot the boot. Shoot the shoo-wee, boot. Shoey. Shoey. That's what happens when you win one man Thanks, of the man. match when you play rugby. You got to shoot the boot. <laughs> it's fucking gross. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's funny because yeah, I I just seen my door it open. I was like, oh, come on in, <laughs> <laughs> come on. In. That's unfortunate for you. So, so well, Napier feels yeah, like he's getting run around by Hanson, and so he manages to go all the way up the chain in the Smithsonian to like the secretary, the general secretary. These are like the head scientists of one of the world's most prestigious zoological associations, whatever. And they managed to send a personal telegram and personally request. uh, They officially asked J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI to help them in locating this missing specimen. 
and Good thing if he's they not find busy it, at all. to take it. Yeah, he, yeah. he's got nothing Why? on his plate. He was plate. probably super inconvenienced. He probably had to take off his lingerie, put on real clothes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. He's like, I've got minorities to oppress. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't be, I can't be fucking around looking for your Minnesota Bigfoot man. <laughs> uh, That's probably where the M word came from. Maybe. He's probably the one that said it. <laughs> But around mid-April, the FBI gets back to the Smithsonian and telling them, like, well, we we can't really do anything because there's no real evidence of a crime. And it's so it's outside of our jurisdiction. We're not really sure anything wrong has been done. So we can't really do anything. So we're keeping an eye on it. It's but not necessarily a federal federal. He's crime like, unfortunately, yet. we're the real law enforcement and not the crypto law enforcement. <laughs> we can't do nothing. And so this this replica goes on being exhibited by Hansen, uh, you know, either claiming that it's the real thing or saying it's a replica of the real thing, still passing it off to, you know, from, from fairground to fairground and, you know, charging his 35 cents to come and come and see it. You know, eventually they get phone. The Smithsonian even got phone calls. Their public relations um, person. George Berklesey got a call that said that there was a, a director in a wax museum in California, and this person told him that one of his employees, which he could not reveal for you know privacy purposes, had actually collaborated in 1967 to actually fabricate that ape man made of made it from foam rubber, and really? he had worked with Frank Hansen uh, in order to create this thing and. You know, the, one of the other employees had inserted uh, f- the fake hair of a bear into this foam rubber replica. What about so it had never been real? What about all the like the elongated hands and the heel on the palm of the on the hand, like ape and shit? That was all done post 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 production. Now, was this like was that the father and son duo, the special effects guys that worked for Disney and Fox? Mm, I'm not not those ones. I'm not sure if it's those ones because those like I don't know if I'm because they got another they got another call as well. They got at least two calls from people saying that they were they had worked on this they had worked on this fakery. You know, uh, they they had created this thing out of you know foam rubber. It was a special effects. It was a wax model, whatever. Well, because one of those so the two the father and son duo that worked for for Fox and Disney doing special effects, the ones that came forward and said that they were the ones that worked on this fucking dummy for Hanson. Oddly enough, they were the ones that did all the like mammoths and dinosaurs for the La Brea tar pits. And you know who one of the uh, main funders for the La Brea tar pits was? Who's that? Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy fucking Stewart. Get the fuck out of here. Bringing it back. Get the fuck out. All the way back. Jimmy Stewart? Funding the tar pits? Jay Stew. Fucking Jay's too. So even though that Napier gets, they, they get these phone calls, the Sasoni gets these, Napier kind of shrugs it off saying that these are actually, he he believes that these are ploys to discourage the Smithsonian from the matter, to get them to give up their pursuit of this, of, of the actual specimen and trying to get it. So now you get, uh, you get to the summer of 1969 uh, Hanson is traveling. Sixty-nine. I, part of the song. I'm pretty sure Minnesota Iceman is in that song. That was referenced. Well, a couple of guys from school and the Minnesota Iceman. So you have Hanson traveling 
across the Canadian border and he was traveling with his exhibit to take it to places like Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. And as he's trying to return back to the United States, the U.S. Customs stopped him (laughs) and refused to let him enter the United States, you know, on the grounds that they believed he was carrying some type of humanoid creature and that in order to transport a humanoid creature or a human corpse across, uh, need a little paperwork. Yeah. You need some paperwork from the U S surgeon general that certifies you, you know, to certify you to transport this human body. No kidding. I'm I'm really disappointed that I missed that episode of fucking border patrol. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's, it's hilarious because I'm like, the Canadian, but it does make sense though. Like if you think about it logistically, if you if he's trying to cross the border into Canada and U.S. officials are like, "Hey, sir, you're not going anywhere with that cadaver," like unless you like, they have no they have no power over him to do anything. He's just like, well, "I'm not going to Canada." Then fuck you. He crosses Canadian officials are like, "Hey." We don't care what whatever. Pretty fucking neat, if you ask me, pal. Well, they, go for it. Hey, do you know the circus is coming? <laughs> That's what would <laughs> this happen. This guy can have my fucking twenty five cents. Yeah. I'll tell I'll you that much. Are we gonna have the oldest tractor that have the world's yeah. oldest tractor there? <laughs> this guy's the yeah. owner of the oldest tractor. Uh, <laughs> but when he's coming back, the U.S. Customs holds all the power at that point. This to me, this was such a good ploy by them to get this information because they're like you may be carrying a cadaver based on your claims you're not allowed to come home unless you sorry you know do these things for us and answer these questions they have all the power it was actually an ingenious move they didn't have to lift a finger it might have been the fbi that even tipped off that the like border patrol to do this for sure right yeah we we know this guy's going across border when he comes back let's flag him let's flag him Right. So what it's, what so happened? What happened when he came back? So Hanson uh, goes ahead and tells the guys, "No, I'm not going to let you." Or, well, initially he tells them that it's it's a fake, it's not real. Latex it's, model. It's yeah, it's a latex model. It's not real. And they say, "Well, that's fine. Just let us examine it. Let us take a small sample and you know a little post mortem biopsy or something. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll let you through." And he says, "No." I'm not going to let you do that. That would ruin the exhibit. I'm not going to do that. And so the so Border Patrol says, well, okay, fine. We can't let you in. So Sanders, so um, Hansen goes and makes some phone calls, in, including even calling Sanderson, who I guess they had kind of become acquaintances, good acquaintances at this point. And I guess they maintain correspondence. And, and Sanderson told him, hey, okay, biopsy, don't want to do a biopsy. That's fine. Let him do an x-ray. Sure. Let him do an x-ray. And if it's just a brand filled rubber replica, like you're saying, then the customs take the x-ray. They look at it. Hey, they let you through. No problem. No damage. Whatever. Hanson says, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. He says, no, I'm not going to do that either. So Hanson decides, apparently he decides to call the owner, the benefactor uh, in California. I think we've just. I think we've established who that is by now. Come on, <laughs> Stewart. Come it's on. fucking Stewart. Come on, it's fucking Jay Stu. <laughs> Allegedly, Jim, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimothy Stewart. Jimothy Stewart. And apparently, this person had that with their army of excellent lawyers 
came to intervene. He even called, apparently he even called his senator, Walter Mondale in Washington, D.C., to, to, to report this, whatever he, I guess, classified it as this harassment slight, or something. The slight against him, the oldest the tractor. the man with the world's oldest tractor. You can't do that shit. He's got a lot of pull. You got the world's oldest tractor? Fuck, man. You got some people on your speed dial that the regular Joes don't. No huh. one's got the world's old, oldest tractor, man. That's a one in a million. Not even John Deere himself. Nah. <laughs> Not even Stanson. <laughs> or Anson, or whatever the fuck his name is. You'd think this would be the end of it. you think he's stuck there. There's all they can do. There's nothing he can do. Wrong. 24 hours later, he's through the border. How? They let him through. Because fucking the world's or- oldest tractor gets you diplomatic immunity. You're untouchable. Listen, he called the next town, which was in the southern states or something. He's like, listen, I'm going to have to cancel the world's oldest tractor because the goddamn U.S. Border Patrol won't let me through. And he's like, just wait. I got to give me 24 calls hours. Calls the governor. Calls the governor <laughs> up. <laughs> listen, good sir. <laughs> you give me 24 hours to settle this mess. So after this incident, Hansen calls a press conference and he tells them that this Iceman is finally going to be submitted through a, a rigorous scientific analysis with a laboratory specially created and built by the owner, the benefactor, allegedly Jim, Jimmy Stewart. Yep. <laughs> Jimothy. Jimothy. Jimothy Stewart. Jimothy Stewart. <laughs> And and this is what we're and this is what's going to happen. So it's going to be it's going to be revealed to the world finally what this thing is. And months go by, you know, nothing, absolutely no news about it. There's no announcements about what the findings of the scientists. And then in July 1970, there is this article in the American magazine titled Saga, and it is a long article about Hansen. The title being, I Killed the Ape Man Creature of Whiteface. What? Of Whiteface? Of Whiteface. Excuse me? The story published in there is a, a story told by Hansen that apparently in 1960, uh, during deer hunting season, uh, on this in the swampy region of Whiteface Reservoir, which is about 100 kilometers north of Duluth, Minnesota. This is where Hansen had observed three of these creatures in a small clearing after he had tracked, he, he had begun or begun to track a deer that he had shot uh, earlier. He saw three of these creatures, not just the one that they had cap that, that was frozen in the ice blocks. They had three of these hairy creatures and they were, chowing down on a deer carcass they had the way he described it they had like the guts ripped out entrails all over the place they were scooping scooping the the blood blood up in their hands and And lapping it up like a deer (laughs) exactly yes very yeah (laughs) that's a good description they were they were slurping out the blood out of their hands and one of the creatures which he identified as a male being uh, from its uh you know, from its stature and, and the way that it was built, a bit thicker than the other ones, suddenly jumped in straight, <laughs> made a sound just like that. That chick just hey, that chick that just fucking messaged us on Instagram is gonna hate that. <laughs> I missed that. 
the chick that got upset about you sounding like fucking Kermit the Frog's grandpa always screaming. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got more processing on Brayden's voice now so it doesn't jump through the mix like a fucking car bomb. Everybody live? Yeah, you got lit. Just like we did. Uh, hey, live? Skype's got an automatic built-in massive compressor, so it doesn't matter. I leaned into that one, too. You did. <laughs> hey, you, got, you, got red, you got red on your mic? <laughs> you got red? You got red on Pro Tools? I wasn't looking. Probably. Probably. Anyways. So this creature comes barreling at oh, I guarantee Hanson, <laughs> sounding just like Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's fucking related to the Iceman, right? <laughs> he choked himself. <laughs> Dying. Uh, Hanson says he doesn't even recall shooting this thing, but this... That but wasn't he, Dan, wasn't he frozen? Like, he described being frozen by that, that scream. Like, fucking, he... Kind of like the way they describe, like, the way... Lion or tigers, and I forget what other animals like, are able to admit that, like infrasound. Like Petra, yeah. that kind of I, would, I, the prey. You, I would be like freaked I out if some it. giant hairy man was running at me screaming like Brayden. Yeah, but I, there's no way, there's no freeze in me. I'm gone, bro. Yeah. Like lights out, fucking, uh, fucking Usain Habib Bolt. Usain Habib see you the fuck Bolt. later. I'm gone, <laughs> dude. The fastest mongoose you've ever seen. So he doesn't remember shooting this thing, but. He put he apparently put it down. He fires on it with his weapon and smack and slam the round slams smack dab into one of the eye sockets, punching out oh. the eye. Thing falls to the ground and apparently he, def- he said he deflected one with the arm too, right? Because that's how you got that fucking break the ulna. Oh, we got one in the ulna. I think yeah, there's so so maybe there's two shots. Oh, so the Iceman put up a little a little arm brace. Tried to pull a fucking Wonder Woman and just like deflect that. Didn't shit. have the gu- didn't, didn't have the bracers on though, so took one right off the mm. fucking forearm. Should've snapped it. So it was either from that or is perhaps an injury, uh, is an injury sustained from you know post mortem oh. from scavengers because after Hanson shot this or reportedly shot this creature, he kind of entered in some kind of daze. And he ended up at wandering through the Minnesota wilderness, I guess, until happening into a camp of other hunters who kind of, uh, you know, took it all in stride. They didn't, you know, he kind of asked for directions of where he was. He was kind of lost. I think he met back up with some of his other friends who had also been hunting that day. Uh, and so he enters into some kind of malaise after this because he has some sort of crisis of conscience about what he shot and what he saw that day because so he wasn't like sure. too humanistic. Or? Yeah, it was too human or, or something. He didn't know what it was. So have he, we had, have we talked about Bigfoot sightings in Minnesota at all? Or like, not yet, not in I, Minnesota. Cause that's what I'm wondering. Like I would have, this, this would have been a lot more easily for me to digest if maybe he like ran into this where he's off on tour in Vietnam. So blasted this fucking thing and brought it back with them. You know what I mean? Like that would have fucking, I don't know, Minnesota. Well, that's not, yeah. But this is the story that he tells to the magazine. It's published in a nationally published magazine. That's gotta be true. So yeah, it's gotta be true. Um, He goes, he specifically mentioned before writing it in the article that he was not being paid by the magazine. He did not receive one cent from the magazine to tell his story. That's a bonus. It's free publicity, man. Yeah, but getting he, all the twenty five cents. So you know, all of it. makes it true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So the the story gets even more weird because the fact that he actually so a month after 
he killed this thing or apparently killed this this creature. He returned to the area where he shot it, determined to find it and bring it back. So <laughs> how long? This how is long? about a month. So there's like so it's been fucking decayed. It's been decomposing for a month. You, <laughs> when well, he found it, what it is in the ice, that's how he found it. Because what? he found it in a block of ice. Well, he found it because I, I don't know what he attributes the, 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 you know, none of the total month decomposition because he did mention that the deer carcass was completely gone. The deer carcass was gone, but this body, he found it buried under the snow uh, of, of that December. I think it was so this is like in December is when he went back uh, December 3rd, 1960. And he found this thing buried under the snow. Not very much, you know, perfect block of ice like this. Fucking no, thing, no, no, everything no, no, I, no, not not in the block of it ice. It was just a frozen it was, cadaver. It was but frozen. still, like that still that does it like in a month. I don't like this fucking thing that we've seen looks like motherfucking Boba Fett selling it to fucking Jabba the Hutt in a perfect like carbonite. carbonite. Fucking, <laughs> well, that's you know because I mean? like, that's what it looks like. He did what every good man does. And he brought this issue to his wife. He's like, I have this kind of frozen cadaver. What should I do with it? And Mrs. Hansen was like. I got it. I froze some trout a couple years back. <laughs> They're still solid good. ice. We're, they're still good. Let's throw that thing. Let's clear out the deep freeze. Throw that motherfucker in there, fill it with water, freeze him in a block of ice. Like he's like, six this is why I married freeze? you. This is why I married you, Mrs. Hansen. Well, think think about it. And you think we're joking, but that's actually that is that's that is part the, of the story. That's yes, the truth. Did, oh, for real? Yeah, that. yeah, that's, that's, they put the kids that's to bed. a real story. They put the ki- the three kids to bed, brought in the cadaver emptied out their their freezer uh you know their basement freezer filled with meat and then they dumped the the they dumped the body inside of there thinking that would be enough to preserve it but by that monday or something they had realized that the smell was starting to kind of penetrate through uh the the actual freezer and down in the basement dead for a fucking month already like that's some we're talking serious stages of Decom- well, uh, decomposition. Well, how how Wrong. how decomposed would it be if say it was because Minnesota's fucking cold in the winter, so I'd say it was minus thirty Celsius for a month. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know. Question. I don't. I know that. I don't know either. To be honest, I know it still never, decomposes. I know bodies still decompose when it's cold, but it's going to be at a, a vi- like slower, very rate. slow rate like, compared to not. But but like the the whatever like everything that they've they've talked about with this fucking guy he really was not in any really advanced stages of decomposition here's the thing here's the thing it doesn't matter his fucking eyes should be gone any soft tissue would be gone dick yeah that's what i'm saying like he he looks like as if he died and was frozen immediately well, maybe it's a like maybe it's a really cold really really cold like they describe him they describe him as well muscled Maybe maybe it was a minus like seventy five like ridiculously cold winter night when he got. If killed. anything, like at that point in time, he, they, he wouldn't be well muscled. He'd be bloated to fucking shit. Maybe this is yeah. po- post bloating. He's gone back down. Well, post bloating is like fucking scrawny and fucking like raisin, like just like hard and like tiny. a little raisin, like raisin like. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So another fantastic thing is that they kept. Apparently, according to Hansen, they kept this cadaver in the freezer for six years. They kept it six years, even 
even they kept it in their freezer, even when they moved, uh, they had originally had that freezer in their home, uh, in a suburb of Duluth, Minnesota, uh, where close to where Hanson had been stationed, but he was still in the air force. When he retired, they moved out to Rolling Stone and then they had bought a farm there and they had actually moved that freezer over there. And he went into detail uh, about moving the freezer saying that they didn't trust professional movers to do it, you know, on the, on the off chance that they would look inside, probably just take a look and then there'd be questions and they didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so they had, they rented out a, they rented out a truck, a moving truck. They had friends and family, uh, help them to move it into the truck saying that it was a, it, the freezer was filled with meat. They didn't want it to spoil during the, d- during the move. And they had I mean, lost the key to the, to the freezer so they couldn't even open it anyways right so <laughs> six what, years what a fucking tale been there for six years why like what le- why why is is there anything credible about this guy like why should we be taking this guy's yeah, fucking I, I, story i want to know why it's published wh- in what has he magazine. done why he has the oldest tractor <laughs> yeah but other than that yeah. what, what about this man is like i don't know okay what about because fucking... we've gone through he originally said it's fo- it's found on like the sea off like off the Russian coast, then the, it was by the, the Bering Sea. Then it was the Japanese fisherman, and then now, now we're in Minnesota. He shot it, and a month, like a month later, he finds it. What's going so on? So the the wealthy guy doesn't exist. Then there was no wealthy guy. He just shot so this fucking thing himself. In his version of the story, his version of the story that he told, uh, that he told the magazine, uh, the saga. That's not in there. There's no mention of a wealthy benefactor. So that's, you know, there's no there's no mention of uh, there there's a mention of a replica being made. Uh, Hansen tells the tale of him going to Hollywood where he met Bud Westmore, uh, who was in charge of the makeup department at Universal Studios, and Westmore had given him an estimate of uh, like what it would cost to create a model. He gave him an estimate around twenty thousand dollars. But he wouldn't personally do it because he was too busy. And then, but he would go ahead and hire out the uh, the technical expertise to Hanson to create a quality fabrication of some type of this. So, you know, he, he got this he got this fake this fakery. He managed to get that. I guess he borrowed a bunch of money. He took out. Do a we lo- know what I don't year know how was? you would get a loan for this. Hey, I need a, it. Goes to the bank and says <laughs> like, I'm gonna write out on my loan. I need a loan to make he a put up. Get, dude, he probably put up the show. world's oldest tractor. <laughs> could, it could have probably been. put up the tractor for that's must that's have. valuable. It has to be. Uh So then, but, dude, my but, grandpa yeah. had a Model T, pristine. Before he passed, that's fucking. Someone bought it yeah, at an I'd, auction for ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, man. You see those going through Barrett Jackson every once in a while. Those things are fucking crazy expensive. Now, as a Model T, it was pristine. It looked like it just came out of the line in nineteen. Well, I don't even know where the Model T was built in nineteen twelve or some shit. But it looked just like that, and he sold for ninety grand. So I could only imagine. Just to feel, just to fill the vaults of Casterly Rock, eh? You fucking Lannister. Was actually a, he was a, a Meridian grandpa, so he had nothing to do with a. Uh, Lannister, Lannister bloodline, but and we never actually seen any of that money. I'm not sure. We're not sure where the money went. Maybe he had something to do with the fucking Minnesota Iceman. Yeah, I, Minnesota Iceman <laughs> had to pay off the, the debt for the Minnesota Iceman loans. <laughs> so, it, so he gets the idea. He starts um, after he retires from the Air Force. Hanson. This is still the story that he's telling to the magazine. Uh, Hanson retires, and he, you know, he gets in this kind of 
funk being like you know being inactive how a lot of retired people get where it's like i don't know what i'm going to do i don't i have all this time what right. do i do so got all this time in the world's oldest tractor <laughs> right and then, then but well he he gets that oldest tractor he finds that on his property or, or whatever in the in the barn or wherever they found it and he starts sure he just he, randomly comes upon it yeah and he talks to somebody who uh who's in the kind of carnival run business the car I, not a carny but i don't know not quite a carny, or somewhere between carny and regular like, person. Carnies. carnies. Fucking carnies. If you're traveling uh, in a carnival, you're a carny. 100%. Sure. There you go. So, Does he have all his fingers? I doubt it. He's a fucking carny. <laughs> so he talks to this all guy. The guy says, yes, nope. you can make money You know, exhibiting these things. You get to travel a lot. So it's not, it's not like a real job, but it's something you can... It's just like a hobby you can do. So he kind of does that. I guess I guess he gets high on the... the, the you know, the... The fame of having the world's oldest tractor, and he's like, "This isn't enough. I need more. So I need to exhibit the Minnesota Iceman." So How the fuck am I going to turn these? Nickels I'm going to take the corpse, senses. the dead corpse that's been in my basement for six years, and I'm going to put that on exhibit. That somehow, in his brain, is a good idea. I don't know how that works. I don't really understand. Don't. Like you, you have this. <laughs> so you supposedly have this fucking unexplained creature that no one's ever seen. And the best way of monetizing that is by taking it to fucking carnivals. How else are you going to monetize it? No. By fucking being like, listen, call your fucking local government. Like, I fucking, this is fucking Bigfoot. This nah, is the 60s. Nah, nah. Bigfoot is around in the 60s. Nah, they're, they're, see, those... You know what, Andrew? This is why you're not rich, because you're short-sighted. Okay? <laughs> what, are you going to get a payout one year? When you can get quarters Body. every day for the rest of your yeah, life. But you're going to be famous. You're the guy that shot motherfucking Bigfoot. There's going to be movies about you, dude. That's not going to be Dutch and well, fucking no. Predator. There's going to be Mr. fucking Hansen shoot motherfucking Ride, Bigfoot through the eye. his old ass tractor. If it bleeds, <laughs> it dies, dude, bro. He, he, didn't, he, like, listen. he didn't claim it was Bigfoot. He claimed it was a, like a sub... They always claimed it was like a like a pre-human species, not necessarily. It wasn't actually Bigfoot, but which is right. crazy. I gotta, you would have took that right away. You would have been guy would have been instantly famous being I, the dude that took I that fucking thing a, out. I kind of got a theory. All right, all right, right. I kind of got a theory. All right. So, if you Google the world's oldest tractor in existence, <laughs> all right, it's the it's the Mechwarts, which is a German-made tractor. So let's go back to about 1942 Nazi Germany. <laughs> just kidding back, back to Nazis are we? <laughs> gotta bring it back like, to the Nazis as far as I got. <laughs> uh, no um, so this is what I think I think I think Hansen is a bit of a con man there's no fucking way he had the world's oldest tractor he didn't the world's oldest tractor is a Mechwurz a German, I don't think German he ever made said it was the it's world's a, oldest tractor I think it was like the one of the first gas powered produced in his obituary, it says the owner of the world's oldest tractor. Yeah, but it's actually the old, oldest world, the world's oldest gas powered tractor is what he actually, what the actual claim is, I believe. So there you go. He's a con man. He's been lying right. this entire fucking time. So anyways, <laughs> what I think has happened is I think, and this might seem outlandish at first, but stick with me. All right, we got you. I think he was approached by... You Jimmy know, Stewart, a, a benefactor. No, not a not Jimmy Stewart. I think he painted. I <laughs> think he. Grant. I think as a person like him, as he's like telling these stories and fabricating to sell the story, it was more easy to sell at the time to be like, "Hey, it's a big time Hollywood movie star that helped me buy this." But I think in reality, the origin of this thing may be a little more nefarious. Mm. I think he was approached by 
like a mafia boss or someone connected with the mafia who had hey what hey, mafia? We got this fucking japanese the mafia <laughs> italian yeah. what kind of mafia are we well, talking La but why but he'll <laughs> forget minnesota like, like it's only minnesota because of him right right so th- i'm what i'm saying is he's approached by the mafia and they're like hey the this guy this guy comes and says he sees him and sees what he's doing and you know if you've seen the unexplained mysteries he goes hey i got something that might interest you and they give him this cadaver and ice and they say hey you know what we're you you're gonna put this thing up for a quarter we want a nickel whatever right and so he starts going around and doing doing his thing right the ice man the ice man this the ice man this it starts to get notoriety around town right of like holy shit this thing's you starting to attract scientists right all of a sudden he's going he's like yeah you know what i'm gonna let these scientists uh come they want to examine they were going to take course and they're like nah you're not going to do that. Like, this is fucking serious. You're, we're, it's fake. Hey, hey listen, it's listen, fucking fake, all right? Listen, you're not going to do that or you're going to end up like the Iceman. And he's like, whoa, Fuck okay. Yeah. Like, so, all right, I won't let anyone touch it. He's like, yeah, you're not going to let anyone touch it. So you're telling me the mob init- that the mob wanted them to put it on fucking display yeah. in a carnival? Yes. Yes. And okay. I'll, I'll get I'll So get how to- does that come about is what my question. Well, here, Why? Why do we go to that? Here so, it comes. So what I, Why th- does it go to that? what I think is, what I think is, I think it was like, and a way to like send a message or insult like a rival mob family. Honestly, <laughs> and it seems outlandish. Yeah. All right, all right, listen, hey, gather around, all right? Everybody knows we got Frankie here, all right? Frankie's been going around fucking town, acting a gob of ghoul, and we gotta take care <laughs> of him, okay? So how are we gonna fucking take care of, how are we gonna take care of our boy fucking Frankie, huh? What do you think? Let's go, let's hear your ideas. I kind of got, you know what? Never, never mind. You guys never <laughs> no, no, listen, Anthony, Anthony, listen to me, Anthony. This is a fucking safe place, my friend. You're my fucking, you're my sister's cousin's fucking nephew, okay? If you can't say it here, you can't fucking say it anywhere. Let's hear it, my friend. Well, nah, you got, you guys never use my ideas anyway. Ask Jimmy or come something. Come on, guys. <laughs> give him, give him some fuck. Look, come on, Anthony, 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 Anthony. let's Anthony. go. Okay. All right. Well. This is going to sound crazy, but I got a guy. I got a guy who knows a guy mm. who's got the oldest tractor. No. He's in a carnival, goes all around town. So I say, let's shoot this motherfucker in the head. Fucking tar and feather him like some sort of ape. Freeze him in a block of ice. Parade him around like the missing link. Send a message. That's send a message, right? Right, boss? I mean, Anthony, you know, I'm going to say something. That's... I know it's, stu- I that's stupid. it's stupid. That's No, no, it's Anthony, stupid. that's fine. All right. Listen, Anthony, great idea. I got a plan. Why don't you go get some fucking pizza pies and we'll talk it over. We'll set some plans. We'll get these fucking wheels in motion. We're going to huh? do it? We're going to do it, boss? I, fucking, I think so. I think so. Just you go get the fucking pies. Oh, Come on. Oh, thanks, boss. Hey, scram. Go. All right. All right. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, fucking uh, Sal, is he gone? He's gone. He's fucking He's gone? He's fucking gone. Go follow that motherfucker down the street and pop on the back of the fucking head and turn his ass into the fucking Fred Flintstone popsicle, uh, yeah, okay? Yeah, you got a boss. You got a boss. nobody bring those fucking stupid ideas around I've, here. I've had enough of this guy for a long time. You, you got it. <laughs> but for real, though, okay, let, he go. this guy brings this Iceman to Canada. He goes to Canada. He gets stopped at the border on the way back, and they're like, hey, we need to test this thing because it might be a cadaver. The FBI's involved at this point, right? We think that they might be... You know, tipping off the border patrol, being like, test it if it's a cadaver. We want to know. The U.S. government wants to know. 
all of a sudden, this guy's like, fuck, I fucked up. I didn't let anyone know I was bringing this to Canada. <laughs> he calls his guy who's, you know, and he's like, hey, listen, I'm in Canada. I brought the Iceman. They won't let me back. They want to test it. They think it's a cadaver. And they're like, you fucked up big time. Right? We're going to settle this, but no, now you owe us. No, you All fucked sudden, up because you let hit this fucking rando guy take your fucking murder victim around the fucking <laughs> world and putting it on fucking display. Not it's around the world. Fault. That is right? the worst Just around fucking Minnesota. thing ever. No, it's, it's fucking terrible. That's stupid. Minnesota, That's Canada. Clears up in 24 hours, right? They come. All of a sudden, <laughs> the body's gone. They come and take the body away. Because he doesn't away. want people to know he's the a worst fucking scam artist. <laughs> He's a fucking scam artist. Saying, and he's about to get exposed. It's interesting to me that when they want to test the body, he makes a couple of calls. It clears up. Then he comes up with the story that he shot this thing, and then all of a sudden the body is a noticeable fake. It sounds like a guy that this is his only means of making fucking money. It sounds like a guy who fucked up, said he shot something. It turned out it was a real body, and he's like, "Fuck, I got to get rid of this thing because I'm telling everyone that I shot this thing, and it's a person oh, in there." So some why wouldn't they like I don't understand why well there's there's, I, there's a few options like number one he got it it was it could have been a a murder victim from across the ocean it could have been someone it could have been a triad hit it could have been a fucking Soviet mob hit it could have been a lot of things some guy was a super hairy it could have been a fucking Soviet man ape hybrid super Stalin ape Stalin ape but either way it's still a living it was a living breathing person let's say. This guy ends up with it through whatever means. He starts fabricating stories left and right. He doesn't. He's not sure what to say. He 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 tells one story, people question him. Nah, he changes the story to something else, maybe a little more believable. Changes it again. Now he's shot this motherfucker in Minnesota. Like he, he we're uh, he's reeling. This guy is reeling through stories. He's not sure what to believe. Now he takes this fucking corpse across border. He tries to come back, and the, <laughs> the American border guards like, no. Nah. It, why did you do that in the yeah. first place when your fucking 25 cents is only worth half anyway? Yeah, don't go. Why are you going north? It's not Stupid. worth it. Why are you going across Stupid. the border? Go, Listen, go south. I mean, this isn't his first mistake. This whole fucking thing's a mistake. Right. This whole plan was a mistake. Listen, you have this fucking dude frozen in ice and you take it and you put it on a splendid carnival. Terrible idea. You thaw that fucking guy. You fucking shave him down. You take him to high school. He's your friend. You name him Stoney. You take him and you wheeze the fucking juice with him. He beats up your bullies. And there you go. Bingo, bango, bongo. Uh, you yep, got your you fucking cool like ass righteous Brandon party. Your best friend. Than, his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And she's smoking. How come, there was, how come there was cool. a never a sequel? I wanted to see Encino Man 2. I really did <laughs> That too. movie was fucking it's amazing. Fucking so good. That is a phenomenal movie. Brendan um, Fraser, we miss you. It's, uh, he was a dreamboat back Holy then. fuck, man. He was a fucking dreamboat, man. Yeah. Okay. God damn. We went to... Yeah. I, think I lost we, my train of thought thinking but, about Brendan but, Fraser in the okay, 90s. I will just give a quick update about the Minnesota Iceman. <laughs> update. Here so it comes. The, the last thing that we know about the whereabouts of the Minnesota Iceman is that in 2013, the genuine article, heavy quotes, uh, heavy air quotes, <laughs> uh, turned up on eBay and was sold to the Austin Museum of Weird. Yep. In Austin, Texas. Yep. So if you really, it's still there. Um, you know, so if you live in Austin, you want to check it out. It's down there. But that, Dan, <laughs> I heard it was. I heard it a little differently. Like I heard that the sign, the initial sign, was for sale on eBay, and then the guy who bought it 
was per- a person that was obsessed with the Iceman, and he was the guy that created the fucking Austin Museum of Weird, and then that sent him down the rabbit hole of finding the Iceman, and then it turns out that the Iceman reverted back to the fucking benefactor's family, and it was passed down through their family, and then they were like, yeah, take this fucking thing. We don't want it. I think they had, they had the general... I know that it's like they had the... It's the, probably the I genuine replica. I want to see this fucking replica. replica. I would love thing. to see it. It's the yeah. replica, though. That's, that's, what yeah. I, that's what I'm pretty sure... So if you're going to go with the story, it's the sideshow, it's this, well, that was listed as like the sideshow gaff. Yeah. So, so if you're going with yeah. the story, there was the original Iceman, which may have been the murder victim or whatever. May or missing link may or may not have existed, yeah, but exactly. there is a real replica that existed or exists now. There was the missing link <laughs> or the murder victim or whatever the theory goes. And then it was when he was pushed to provide like medical samples to like pathologists and stuff or coroners to like, oh, we, we have to know if this thing's an actual person or not. And he said, no, fuck that. Then he reverted to a latex corpse. And that latex corpse is the one that persisted, goes the story. And the original, no one really knows what happened to the original Minnesota Iceman, if it was even real. It didn't exist. If it was real. <laughs> but but like, was what real. we do know. There was something. something. There was something there. What we do know, <laughs> yeah, uh, the weird feet, hairy thing. We, the weird feet, the weird hands. The fucking potential gunshot wound. There's some weirdness to it. That's the one thing. That's the one thing. Because I'm like, if they're going to make a fake fucking dummy, why bother giving it the injury? Exactly. That's the one thing. Especially one like that. That's the one thing that jumps out to me. Especially one like that. If you're going to make a corpse, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, we made you a corpse. And he's like, now fucking pop out one of its eyes, make it look like it got shot, and the bullet ricocheted around, pop one of its eyeballs out, and blew out the back of its fucking head. Just for details. <laughs> I don't, if, if it's got an exit wound, it doesn't ricochet. Now. It goes straight out. It goes in and straight out. Mm. Yeah, when there's an exit wound, it doesn't ricochet. I, a large enough caliber. Okay, well, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe the, maybe the small force caliber. going in one eye and exiting yeah, just but a, blew a small caliber wouldn't cause an exit wound like that. Well, I will, we're not sure about the exit wound yet, though, right? There was a, that was oh, one. Well, he said exit wound. It was one, one account ricochet. of the exit wound, but no one else corroborated the exit wound. Exit wound. Cooperated. Cooperated. Yeah. No one else cooperated so, extra wound. <laughs> my, uh, I'm disappointed because before this podcast was a little bit delayed because Dell's like Zell's like, boys, I've been fucking day drinking. I'm drunk. And I'm like, yes, we finally get drunk asshole Zell. It's gonna be fun. And all and we, the get only slip up we get is cooperated. <laughs> That's it. I've been I, I've been fucking, holding it together real well after this bottle of whiskey bullshit. and a few I was ready for you to come unhinged. No, I don't, I haven't come unhinged since episode 18 as the birth of Ron Pond. I was hoping for us. fucking my Tacomas in Afghanistan. That's only hinge. that's only live. <laughs> that's only live show, Zell, where you get the Tacoma Afghanistan story. Different. Anyways, um, get, we got final we, thoughts on Iceman. Yeah, we got a long way in Iceman. Um, I'll start. I don't. Hey, if it here it is. If a fucking <laughs> ancient hominid or quadruped animal got killed for whatever reason it would have to be flash frozen to be preserved like like killed and for whatever reason something happens it was flash frozen deep in the and then like falls into a cavern and it's like covered up and then through like some type of earthquake the the ice cracks and it falls into the ocean and someone scoops it up that's the only way you could flash freeze a body you couldn't like have a body be killed through some type of like it looks like a projectile wound judging by the accounts. 
So if it was a projectile wound and you fell and you died and you slowly, you're, it's not going to last that long. It's just not going to. So for me, it'd have to be, because they, they, they originally said like, oh, it's maybe a prehistoric, the missing link between man and ape. But if that's the case, then it would have to be like, it got hit by, some, maybe it got hit by a fucking meteor or something and instantly flash frozen somehow through some type of freak weather phenomenon. That's the only way you could have it flash frozen and persist through the ages. It could not be just be like slowly frozen and then scooped up, first of all, in the water, in a block of ice. It just doesn't make sense. If it was in like a, maybe it was in like a fucking iceberg, like deep in the center, like not anything touching the water. So, I mean, this obviously after talking about it for a while, it just doesn't seem like it was a legitimate ice. It, it, it didn't look like a Bigfoot. It looked like a Neanderthal. It looked like a, it didn't look like a cryptid through the pictures. So my final thoughts is it was a, some type, somewhere between maybe not necessarily a hoax, but maybe a fucking murder cover up. That's what I think. And then when, the, when he got found out, he ditched the body and made a fucking latex replica. That's what I think. Next. Mm. All right. Well, my final thoughts will get a little weirder. Um, I like Bring the idea of, Nazi of Stalin's man ape. <laughs> uh, when was that? 1929, Dan? Do you remember the the years for the Stalin's man ape when they were working on that? Oh, it was Stalin's man nah, off the top of my head. It no. was early on. But imagine this, okay? So, because I, I never thought about the Stalin man ape. Man ape. Um, we know that Russia had like Arctic bases and we know we Russia had Arctic bases that uh, because of shifting ice and melting ice, they just left and they were like, ah, our base will be at the, in the middle of the ocean. It'll sink. Uh, and we're just going to leave them. You know, uh, we learned about stuff like this on ATT classified uh, operation high jump. No operation. Uh, what's the one, what's the one where they dropped into the Arctic Russian base? Do you remember that one, Dan? Was, was that also Operation Cold Feet? Operation Cold Feet. Mm. That, so Russia had Arctic bases that they had just left because they're like, these bases will be part of the sea soon. There's one that we know of for sure. Does that mean that there could be ones that we don't know about? Possibly. So let's say Stalin was actually doing these experiments with man apes and this, hap this one happened to be executed right in the in the in the deep arctic right and then just left on a frozen slab there's not going to be many predators to pick up the corpse and stuff and then it's piled with snow and then it freezes underneath and then through melting ice it chips apart and is picked up in the 60s 30 years later in the arctic like they say drifting in like an iceberg or something mm, yep. right Maybe that's a possibility. I didn't look at that because I didn't make this Stalin Manate connection. But now that I think about it more, I'm like, that could be. That could be what this is. And then this is just Hansen trying to get some fame by saying, like, it is shot in the head. I shot it. I shot this. Gotcha. Thing. Okay. I like that. Mafia hit. Mafia hit. Boom. <laughs> Mafia hit. Um, I will say that I I genuinely I genuinely enjoy this enjoyed this case because it is 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 supremely bizarre. Yeah. Because you start off with this 
and, you know, from my childhood, I remember this this thing very, very prominently in my my cryptid, you know, interests as a kid. I was like, I remember this thing being frozen ice. And I'm like, that wow, what is that? You you don't know what it is. It is it is frozen in ice. Nobody's ever gotten to really examine it. What happened to it? So this is something that I've always kind of wanted to look into. And now that that I've seen it, it is genuinely interesting. If not for the 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 lack of evidence that 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 there was so much effort put forth to obtain evidence you know it wasn't immediately written off by the smithsonian being like when they were contacted they're like they were genuinely interested there were many interested parties you had the smithsonian you had the fbi apparently the king leopold iii of belgium actually took a personal interest in this as well uh because of his uh association with huvelman huvelman was friends with they had an intermediary they were close friends and so it is so crazy to look into this and see the all these weird connections that this this case mm. kind of brought together and it's it's just really amazing to me and and Huvelman, you know even though he is he is you know what do you want to call him the godfather of one of the godfathers of uh cryptozoology and and maybe he's trying to pr- more trying to prove his theories than trying to you know support them with you know the actual evidence kind of just tries to make leaps and bounds and logic a lot of that kind of stuff but he is when he, when he writes about his account of, of this of the saga of the Minnesota Iceman, you know, he is, he wants to know what it is. That's really what it's all about. You want to know what it is. Was there something actually there? Was it a fake? You know, was it a fake the whole time or did they actually switch it out? Right. That's, that's the real big question. And and it's just like something was there. Dude. It's that's undeniable. There are, there's photographic evidence. They took photos something was there. Without Hansen actually giving his firsthand account publicly, it's really hard to nail it down. Right. And then, yeah, and then Hansen goes on to tell this fantastic tale, and I use fantastic in, like, the the weird way, not like it's great, but more in, like, it's fantastical. Yeah. Uh, of shooting this thing in Min- in the Minnesota wilderness and then spending <laughs> six years with this corpse in his basement like that's even more insane than him just being like no it's i just switched it out i just switched out and then you know then there's the fact that he told the people that the the benefactor took the thing took the original corpse and then left him a replica why leave him a replica at all <laughs> like, mm. uh there's just so much that is just like that just yeah, really made me laugh about this and just like, this is so amazing that all this weird stuff happens surrounding this carnival sideshow that it's, you know, you never know. It's one of those things like you can go to a carnival sideshow and you'll never know the story behind some of this stuff. Like there are people who probably saw this thing and they're just like, oh, wow, that's great. Like, that's a real cool model guy. Like they just went yeah. in there like, wow, that's really neat. You know, probably people saw this as teenagers and they never knew that this was some world shaking, international reaching uh, event. In that in one day, zool- the alien theorists <laughs> would be talking about. Yep. Yeah. 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 Next. Andrew. Um, I think it, it, it is what Dan finished with it, a carnival sideshow. I think the fucking believe it or not. I know it's shocking, but I don't think the fucking please believe it or not. distractor. <laughs> was pulling in the fucking cake. This guy hoped it would. I think the sales started to fizzle once you saw it once and he needed a new attraction and he came up with a fucking cool idea. 
And that's all I think it was. I think it was a fucking awesome idea. So wait. And I think... So, so the guy, the mysterious man who approached him and said, hey, I have a proposition for you. Didn't man exist. with old distractor. No Didn't we already talk about Didn't this? Exist. Now, fuck you. Don't even start with me with that shit. Listen, the game's been over for a long time. I've been paying attention. He's, in. He's locked right? in. He'll never make that mistake again. Never. never. Fuck you. I'm off the wine, too. Dude, I can't drink wine during case following. That fucks him up. That was the fucks him up. That was killer, dude. It puts me on another planet. <laughs> Stay off the wine at nine. It's not good God, for you. Get the wine in you. Let's you get into a little bit of space news. This is a kind of a cool story. Uh, the ashes of Scotty from Star Trek were smuggled aboard the International Space Station. Um, they had to be smuggled because NASA basically turned down an official request to bring his ashes aboard. Um, but Richard Garriott, the first one of the first private citizens to travel to the space station, actually smuggled it aboard. That's awesome. Uh, he laminated a picture of Duhan and some of his ashes were put under the floor of the Columbus and he didn't tell anyone about it. Just brought it up and then didn't tell anyone till well afterwards uh, because it had been prohibited. So uh, good on uh, Richard Garriott for doing that. That's cool. Cool so he, story. He didn't, I mean, uh, he didn't try. So he brought him up there, but he didn't like launch him through the airlock or something. He just brought him up. Maybe he did. Oh, I think just what it is. I think there's a framed picture up. of him mm. up there uh, with his ashes in the ISS. That's sweet. Uh, and uh, he died in 2005 at the age of 85. But obviously, uh, to sci-fi fans and that's that's o, a, that's OG. He's he was the OG one from original yep. Star Trek. Yep. Dude is a legitimate badass, certified badass. Boom. That's um, cool. We don't have a lot of space news this week. I think that's because uh, everyone's taking time off between the holidays. Uh, rather than writing articles about space news. Space news. Um, but what we do have is we have uh, some, we'll give you some big things that we're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, big space missions coming up. Yeah. Uh, first off, in, we have uh, three Mars exploration programs Hell going yeah. on in 2021. Um, the United Arab, Arab Emirates expect their HORP the Horp? Hope Orbiter, <laughs> Horp, or Hope Orbiter to arrive by February 9th. Uh, NASA's uh, Perseverance rover will attempt a landing on February 18th, and a Chinese lander will arrive on April 23rd. Uh, what else we got there, Zell? You read one, Drunky. <laughs> Drunky. I won't. I won't comment what you just said, but yes, you got those three. Uh, NASA will launch their first test for its new planetary defense project, the double asteroid redirection tests. Pretty much, we're gonna, they're going to, which is about the size of a small car, will deliberately, deliberately crash into an asteroid moon, so some type of small rock orbiting an asteroid, to see if they can knock it off orbit to potentially extrapolate that to knocking off a an asteroid that's on a collision course with or with Earth later. So if someone's going to annihilate annihilate or us, or to drop it on a rival country. Well, <laughs> I mean, it depends on the Ferris you want to get, but yes, if you can knock, if it's going to drivers, if it's going to hit, let's go. If it's going to hit East Coast USA, you want to knock it off. You want to hit the other side of the Earth. 
China or whatever the current enemy may be of the United States. Yes. Gonna get the uh we need that we need one big enough to split the moon in two so we can get the Fundar, <laughs> the barbarian situation going. You need that world of magic and and mega and mega science. That needs to be happening right now. <laughs> Anyways, they're gonna crash into the asteroid, the asteroid moon of I don't know if this is the way way to say it. Did Didymos. Didymos? Sounds cool. That's right, Didymos. Uh, it's moon. So Demos? We also cool. we also have space tourism kicking back off. Uh the Russian state space corporation Ross Cosmos says it plans to offer space tours in 2021. Uh they're gonna fly up two tourists to the International Space Station in 2021. And this will be the first time a tourist has been to the station in 12 years following the 2009 flight of Canadian billionaire Guy Laperte. Guy Laperte. Liberty. 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 I think he's a Guy I think Liberty. he's a billionaire from this from syrup. I think. From I don't know for from sure. where? <laughs> what do you think he's a barrel roller? A barrel, I think he's a barrel roller. He's a barrel roller. Uh, I don't know. That's all I have for space news this week. A little slow week, but that's okay. Space the, news ebbs and flows. Yeah, let's let's quick I'm just gonna quickly talk about uh Project Artemis. So next year they're sending an Orion spacecraft on a loop around the moon without a pilot. So that'll be the first NASA mission around the moon since the Apollo missions. So since ever. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so there's there's cool stuff coming. A lot of space news on the forefront. That's just the the prelims. The prelims, I uh, would say. We've gone a little long. Fire up the randomatron. Let's uh, let's just fire it up for a short fan submission. Fan submission. Let's uh, let's say like you know three three hundred words or less. Let's see what they got. All right. Let me get quick. One second. Here we go. Dial up. Here it comes. Teletype. Getting it? Yes. Uh, so this uh, fan submission is a nice short one from uh, Jason. Um, I'm a mailman in Arizona, and one day I was delivering my route as usual. I was delivering to a small gated community that is pretty quiet. It was a stop where everyone's mail is located in one spot. So I was just throwing the mail and I heard what sounded like something hitting a hollow metal like if you hit your hand on a car door or something like that. I turned around because I knew nobody pulled up behind me and I just saw feathers falling from the sky about 20 or 30 feet up, but there was absolutely nothing there. I didn't see a bird or anything in the sky, but I know there was nothing visible that that bird could have hit. Anyways, love you guys' show, listening to you guys while I'm delivering the mail, and I have no fucking idea what I witnessed. What? Uh, so it's Jason. So basically, he's delivering the mail. He's got his head down. He hears like something hitting the side of a car door Boom. above his head. He looks up. There's nothing there. There's just feathers everywhere coming down. So a bird hit a UFO. Or a UFO or a bird. some sort of flying object, right? Very quickly. The very that's an interesting because it paints a very interesting story of something traveling very fast, right? And well, think about interesting. Remember when uh was it Randy Johnson hit the fucking Randy Johnson nailed that bird? Hit the bird yeah. with yeah. the fucking ball 
on a fastball yeah, fast or whatever. Ball. Which is like, they're like, <laughs> maybe the bird just spontaneously it just exploded in a million pieces. And they're like, that's a one in yeah. 10 million chance that that bird would have got hit by that ball. But he doesn't say there's, oh, there was bird bits everywhere. All he says is he saw feathers. Because I imagine that if there was something, some sort of like unidentified flying craft that was flying above and hit something, let's say like a, well, not a Canada goose, because so get like the UFO would stay on the, the fucking UFO. UFO. Yeah, and then the feathers left, but the actual like big parts of the body would, would be far away from where... Uh, Jason the mailman was standing just the feathers or stuck on the grill so it yeah. could have been something like a hawk grabbed another bird no 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 well he yes Dan other than the fact that he said no, he heard listen, him hollow hey, metal like the first rule sound. of bird law is no bird on bird violence we know <laughs> this alright that's fucking bird law you should know it I but, um, I'm pretty sure the I see hollow it. metal sound right that's the that's it, the it reason why I'm gonna lean towards it hit something Okay, so a bird hit a metallic object, or a metallic object hit a bird. Maybe above him. Hmm. Anyways, we don't we don't filter any stories in the randomtron. If you send them in, you can send a short one in, like Jason. Yep. Uh, every now and then they get plugged in, and uh, they randomly pop up. So shoot them to alientheorists dot or at gmail dot com. That's correct. Yeah, there's it's alien a, theorists the wrist, with an s with an s. Uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you can tell whoever them. holds the handle alien theorist at gmail.com, they're getting a lot of fucking junk mail from us, from our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, hey, a lot can happen in a short story. A lot. Yeah. So that was a good yeah. one. a good picture. That was a good it. little short story. Yep. Yeah. Cool shit. Good. All right. Moving on to uh, newest, no. Theorite of the week. Theorite no. of the week first. Yep. I think uh, Andrew dug one up. Do you remember? Andrew it? and Doug yeah, it's dug good. one up this week. This, guy, fuck, this guy's a fucking beauty. Who'd you come up with this week? Uh, if anybody's on our Facebook group, they were blessed to see Mr. Tim Maitland's Christmas special photo that he posted on our <laughs> Facebook group. A whole lot of handsome in one yep, photo. His godlike physique stretched. Mm. <laughs> in front of the fireplace. Like, yeah. oh, yep. man. That's an Adonis. Adonis of a it's man. Fantastic. Like Mr. Mr. G yeah. Mr. Uh, GC himself from our Dungeons and Dragons episode. Fucking right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, man. Tim Maitland, you are the theorite of the week for that amazing picture. And you're uh, also got a lot of people involved in his uh, theorite dog post. Poster. Yeah, poster doggos. Everybody loves theorite dogs. Everybody loves dogs. Everyone loves Most fucking people. dogs. Poster dogs. If you want to post your dogs. Or you want we like dogs. We like dags. We love dags. You like dags? You like dags? Yeah, you, you, you like dags. dags? You just want to, or you want, you just want to come into our, come on to the Theorite group, search on Facebook, Alien Theorists or Theorite Official Community. Put your dogs in our t-shirts. Get your dogs out there. You don't get paid for your dog's put, face. Put our but... stuff on your dogs. <laughs> Take pictures. <laughs> Anyways, Tim Maitland, you're the man. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Now, if you're not supporting the show on Patreon. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> you get early access to case files, bonus content, live streams, Discord access, whatever else we can try and convince you to support your favorite podcast. We do. This week's newest Patreon supporters are Alexandria, Taylor, Kawazo, Izzy, Miss. 
Anthropic. Kidney thief. Kidney thief? Easy. <laughs> like beans or yeah, organs? Yeah, what are we talking about here? Both. Peyton. <laughs> Mickiff. Jamie Black. Eric Garcia. Christian. Slug Dog. And Ass Rash. Get that checked out. My son's got one of those right now. Check that shit out. So thank you very much for supporting the show. We fucking appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you on After Hours.